RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Hi, everyone. Why not? Let's do a show on Friday night. We're free Americans, as coronavirus Karen would say, while she's running around a casino calling people Nazis for wearing masks. Why not? We're actually free Americans. No, we're not that free. That's what they tell us. Hi, everyone. Yes, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening, usually. We have a regularly scheduled spot on the uh, RDT Daily on this on 6 p.m. Eastern, tomorrow night, Saturday evening. And then we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Pro- Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, why not? I'm get, uh, I'm doing a show. During the week, we do shows when we can do them. That's why I ask people to please become a patron at patreon.com. Wait, that's the wrong lower third. We have a new one. At patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Nope, that's the call-in number. Where's the lower third? Boom, there it is. And... Let's see. Let me go there right now to Patreon and say, because tonight, tonight, I celebrate my patrons with you. Tonight, I want to say thank you for tonight's show is being brought to us by... Gion 29. Yes. Thank you for taking that extra step and becoming a patron with all the things that you have to do and all the choices that you have. The the insistent the incessant not insistent, but also insistent. The incessant calls to become a patron here, become a patron there. I know that there are a lot of choices, so thank you for helping out this show. And I hope that we get about, you know, a thousand more of you, and we will be able to have a daily show. And everyone is invited to the Discord page. If you're not a patron, it doesn't matter. You could be just a friend. We're all hanging out, trying to build a community to get through this the last days of the American Republic. And I believe that future generations will look back at this time and label it such. Will this, will, uh, will historians ever say that we really ever had a functioning democratic republic? I doubt it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, the country is less than 300 years old. Older republics have failed after 500 years. So I don't truly, I don't believe that we ever got out of the gate. Our republic, our high, mighty ideals were always aspirational since they never included everyone. Since our founding motto, e pluribus unum, and our, the all men are, the old men are created equal hypocrisy we've never confronted it and 
we haven't built a a country that works for all. So you can't have a functioning democracy and a and such concentrated wealth as we have where you it's just not functioning when you have the majority of people don't have a seat at the table. We're trying to rectify that now and this is why Republicans lose their minds. They're okay with a democracy as long as there are rich white men at the top. That's the bottom line. And it's pretty disturbing living in this country right now because everything that I have been saying for generate not for generations, for my lifetime, I guess that's a couple of generations now, you could say. I don't know. What is a generation, really? Now that I'm saying that, what is considered a generation? Is that 40 years? Or is it 20 years? What is, let me write, let me look this up. Considered a generation. A generation is all of the people born and living about the same time regarded collectively. All right. It can also be described as the average period generally considered to be about 20 to 30 years. Okay. During which children are born and grow up, become adults, and begin to have children themselves. So I say, all right, well, I've been saying this for a couple of generations. Not quite 60 years, because I'm not that old, but uh, a few years. Uh, definitely 40 years. Well, when did I start talking about the bullshit that was our aspiration. I mean, not the bullshit. I mean, the, the aspirations aren't bullshit. The, the inability or the desire to even come close to make a more perfect union, that's what's so frustrating. It's also, uh, that's why I get to the point where I, and I was thinking this again today when I was watching these Trump Anzies, not still, still not wearing masks. How many people have to die for these idiots to, 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 to think about somebody other than themselves? There is no community spirit. This is the problem with the country. And I was thinking today, because of that, that's, that's the bottom line. We must have a community spirit. If you want to have a functioning society, much less a functioning democracy, that's for sure, you need to have a civil ethos. You, need to you have to look at your fellows, those who share this, this t blip in time and this piece of land, together that that you have to look at them at e we have to look at each other as our fellow americans compatriots we're in this together what what else what what, what else is the purpose of life except if you're uh, this is what they're trying to change it into is that they want us to be divided so they can ride us mercilessly to the bank. It's that simple. And they also, uh, the, the, the thing that the, um, the covers have been blown off of this country, and this is what I was meaning about, I've been talking about this for generations, it's 
what happened in 2016 is the symptom of everything that I know I've been talking about for years, even before I had a show. Of course, I talked about this with Mike Malloy and Bob Kincaid. We've been talking about this. I know Mike's been talking about this his entire life, his life. That's a, and longer than mine, and he's been on the air for 50 years. Talking about exactly what's going on now, that this, all of these little steps will lead to what we're seeing now, a complete and overt power grab. You're not kidding. Your, your eyes are not deceiving you. It is happening. We've been saying it for you. It's, it, it usually happens, well, it has been happening in slow motion. And when people like me would say, look, when George Bush, when they do this with the Patriot Act and the incremental assaults on our civil liberties and bringing torture into the equation, black sites, considering reading somebody their Miranda rights a, a weakness. That's one that always used to get me too. That we don't read terror. Oh, it's a sign of weakness that we would read terrorists. They're not terrorists. Oh, I mean, in 1992, when the World Trade Center was attacked, was it 92 or 93? 93 Trade Center. They, we didn't have to go to war with the world. Yeah, 93. They arrested the perpetrators and they tried them in court. That's a sign of our strength. The, the strength of what it means to be an American, a nation of laws. And even the most disgusting scumbags have rights. I know it's, it, it sounds so liberal and weak to fascists because they have a completely upside-down view of what weakness actually is. It is a sign of strength to be a nation of laws, to be a constitutionally limited democratic republic and stick by those ideals even when it's hard. And if you're a student of history like I am, and one of the reasons I'm, I was thinking of today, because I was thinking, yet again, I bring it up a lot, that we, we need to break this country up. I don't believe that we will be able to make it. I know that Joe Biden has a lot of plans about reaching across the aisle and adopting the bullshit Republican ideas that destroyed the country and will continue to do so. So, but that's not what's going to heal this country. Healing this country will isn't bringing people together with the same crappy ideas that crashed the economy three times in a hundred years or turn the United States from the most to the least upwardly mobile with the widest income gap of all of our Western partners. That's not what's going to heal this country. And this is why I was thinking today, we, if we, I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'm, I know I'm, I'm having a hard time. I'm stumbling over my words, but because it's almost like 
I don't I don't know. I don't really hear anybody else saying things like this. They're all like um we're so divided, we're so divided. But I honestly, I know how we can be undivided. I know how we can be united. But they don't want to do it. The powers, the 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 power structure, those in the elites, the government, people who are legally bribed by the, the very rich people who have their fingers around the neck of power. They're not doing anything. They, they don't want to upset their benefactors. I, there's so many problems that we have to address, one of which is we need to get the hell out of the state of denial and think that we can have a functioning society when the, we it's not the, just the income disparity. Yes, we're a racially diverse, multicultural nation. That is really, that, that's how we were founded. We, regardless of whether Republicans like it or not. Unless you're a Native American, your ancestors came from somewhere else. So we're a nation of immigrants, and that's one of the charges that the colonists levied against King George. He was limiting immigration. How dare he? Because that's really the wealth of our nation, attracting the best from other land. And it really does take a go-getter. That's why you want immigration into a country. If somebody wants to come to your country, I mean, think about what it takes to move. It's a pain in the ass. So there's many, many reasons that, not I mean, there are reasons why people move. They are pushed or they are pulled. Nobody just says, oh, um, everything's working out wonderfully here. Let's go. Let's go somewhere else. Go, let's go to that shithole country where they have no health care and one-third can't retire and the majority live check to check and can't save $400. Let's go there. No. It's either there's a push or a pull effect. But, you, but, but the bottom line is, regardless of how abhorrent someone's home life may become or this, the country that they are born into regardless of how bad it, it, it gets, the majority of people do not emigrate. It's human nature. That's the bottom line. People hang on. They think it'll change. This is where I was born. I'm not, uh, I'm not leaving. Uh, and we, we know this for, from statistics, from all par different points in history, like, for example, the Irish famine, the majority, I mean, there's a lot of Irish immigration here into the United States at that time, but the majority of Irish people remained in Ireland. So those who emigrate, they are the go-getters. Not that everybody who stays isn't a go-getter, but it is a certain type of personality uh, that you want. A risk-taker, someone who says, F this, and picks up and goes through the the hassle of moving their life. And the other thing, as far as the push factor, if you're being pushed from another land, this is another reason why 
we don't want to be douchebags to immigrants. First, not only are we a nation of immigrants, but that's the kind of person you want in your country. They are the true patriots of this country. If they're coming here and seeking asylum and you're showing them a home, how, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of a person that creates that that's a true patriot. That's somebody who is proud to be an American. I know. I mean, I would feel the same way. Imagine yourself fleeing a broken homeland and you make it to the, the border of a country that has some decency and dignity and lives up to its ideals. And instead of taking your child from you and treating you like you're not a human being, they say, welcome, you made it, you're home. Now that's somebody that would, I, I, in my estimation, is it somebody who would love who loves this country, and that's why many uh, people that's they 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 come up here they uh, from Mexico and uh, all in South America to join the military to serve in the military to get on a fast track to citizenship. That's a whole other story, which I had no plans of getting into at this time. But I'm only thinking of it because I just saw some story about us, the United States, kicking out veterans who wore the uniform of this country and saying, oh, well, tough, and, uh, you know, kicking them out of the country. There's there's no um, low too low in this fascist, racist, mad, uh, definitely armed madhouse, but the reason I was thinking about breaking this country up as an alternative, it really, it's not that. Let's think about it. I'm done. I hate these people. I'm sick of them. They're sick of me. I'm tired of them dragging us down. They are literally killing us. I've been saying it for years. In every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. I say it all the time. I should make a t-shirt out of it. Maybe I will. I'll write that down. But what do they bring to the table? It's constant at each other's throats. They don't even, they, they, they don't want to negotiate. This is why the country is off the rails in fascism. Because the right-wingers, they never negotiate. And then you have the so-called lefties, and they're not lefties. These are the rational Republicans now, these DLC Democrats, that they keep trying to reach across the aisle to these fascists while they're being dragged constantly to the right. So now... A, a right, an outright corporatist is considered a moderate. What's a moderate? A mo- or, or and now people who don't want a country, let's say those who are aware that, as Justice Lewis Brandeis said, we must make our choice. We can either choose democracy or concentrated wealth, but we can't have both. 
those who are aware of that and are also aware of the entirely American remedies against income disparity and upward immobility and concentrated wealth and 100,000% aware that taxing the rich, that... uh, an estate tax, a high marginal tax rates, things like that. These are patriotic taxes that were commonly understood as as such. So um, there would be no intergenerational aristocracy. All of that is out the window. That's considered far left now. So this country is crazy. We can't agree on what to do about uh, a, a filthy, disgusting con man who's squatting in the Oval Office despite receiving fewer votes, constantly lying, and the entire apparatus of government is allowing it to continue. You see what happened. Millions of Americans are out of work. We're on the brink of a third Republican Great Depression. It is happening right now. And what did Mitch McConnell do? He went home to his, to his Chinese spy wife so they can continue the business of destroying this country, destroying democracy. That's the business they're in. It's not in... They're not, if they weren't in that business... We wouldn't be in this boat. They would have stayed. Mitch McConnell wasn't even meeting, apparently, with Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. That's a bridge too far for the fascists now, you see? Because they have no interest in a democratic republic. How many times do I have to say this? I feel like I'm going blue in the face saying it. They don't care about governing what they want is stealing they're facilitating and and you know what it's government is in the way of them stealing a democratic republic is in the way so that they gotta destroy it that's why they're going after the post office this is why it's right out in the open. And what I say today when I'm watching, the, there's actually a Reddit, a subreddit that I enjoy and peruse on occasion. It's called Covidiots. It's, in, you know, it's a place where people will post about the ass, the ass idiot, well, assholes. I'm trying not to curse. You guys know that. Uh, who are walking around in this country that we share the same air with morons that we share the same air with um who are who refuse to wear a mask and uh, as the bodies pile up as kids die people die i mean it's so it's so disgusting and i'm watching these co-vidiots different videos of people insane like i'll show you my screen wait a second here where are you? Where are you guys? And if you're on any other channel, if you're on Facebook or Twitch or Periscope, kinda come over to the YouTube channel. That's where we're hanging out. Let's see. Where are you guys? Who's here? Do we have people here? Hello. All right. Darth. Hello, Jim. 
Hello, Mark. Damn, we got a sparsely attended. Holy fuck. Are you kidding me? Is this not working? I just looked at the table here. Wait a minute. <gasps> wait a minute, wait a minute. Something isn't working. I just saw this. I realized that YouTube is not even streaming. I just I've been just talk I've been talking for like holy shit. I gotta figure this out. I can do this. Hold on, I'll be the good thing this isn't the progressive voices show right now. I might have to start this show over. All right, I'm putting that in. Here we go, putting that in. That's what happened. And now, let's go. Hopefully it'll kick in. There we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm looking at YouTube. What the fuck? All right. Now we're here. <laughs> Guys, you don't even know. I was on... Now I'm talking to the YouTube crowd. I didn't notice that YouTube wasn't streaming. Am I right? Was YouTube wasn't streaming? Where are you? Let me see. And I was only just telling everyone else that good thing this isn't the progressive voices show the weekday shows are um they're kind of up in the air so lots of technical difficulties yes <laughs> i just got here you guys i didn't realize it wasn't streaming on youtube it was streaming on twitch and everywhere else and then i noticed that nobody was chatting that's why I was like, what's going on? Where is everybody? But so here we are. We're back. And I was going on this whole rant about, and I'll briefly um, fill you in. Um, Yeah, this is a dead stream. No, it's on. It's on. What the fuck? You guys, are, you see me. I'm sorry, everyone else on Facebook and all. So you say you see me. You see me, right? <laughs> You see me? Yeah, you must see me. I see you. All right, good. Yes, all right. Wonderful. Okay, so but uh, what I was saying to everyone was that I was watching the COVID-idiots. There's a subreddit on on Reddit. It's called COVID-idiots. It's entertaining, and I'll per peruse it at times. And I can't believe I'm uh, I'm here. I live in this country. Wait a minute. Oh, so it says, so Terry Taylor says, yes, it was. And we were chatting and we heard you too. And now we see you. So you only heard me. You did hear me? You didn't see me though. Someone on the chat can tell me. You... You heard me talking, but you couldn't see the video? Oh, so you saw the whole thing. I'm mistaken. I don't know what the fuck is going on. All right, so we're all caught up. 
for some reason, when I looked, I, I only saw the placeholder screen. All right, whatever. So I won't go back and review. So we were talking about the COVIDiots, and I was thinking, no, I didn't see your super chat. Because I and my Mark C says, I hope you saw my $20 super chat, and I didn't. I'm sure it. I'm sure it went through if it went through. Maybe there is another stream going? What the hell? Let me look on the main channel. Everything sucks. Why does everything suck? Wait. Oh, wow. So I have two videos going. Huh. Something fucked up is happening. My God. No wonder. This is so frustrating. I had such a shitty week. So there's two streams going. How the F did that happen? Holy shit. I should stop one, but I don't know which one is the right one. So we'll just leave it and I'll figure it out later. And hopefully people will be able to come. Yeah, I know. Where is everybody? All right. So whatever. Uh, I'm really just... Uh, the reason I'm doing a show tonight is because I have not been doing as many shows this past week and a half because you guys know my traumatic experience working on the Drew Barrymore show for a week. And it really was, I'm not kidding, very, very, I, I sound like Trump. I hate saying that word. I need a better descriptor. Um, it was traumatizing. I have to say, yeah, it was a show. It's there's a new daytime talk show, Drew Barrymore show. Who who cares? I was hired for a week, the longest week of my life, and I was uh, treated horribly, and <laughs> also it was the most stressful. I mean, I do. Whatever I do, I've been doing it since I'm 15 years old, working in television. And yes, making joy. That's right, Jim. We were making joy. And I, when I think of, I could, I, somebody said to me, I, I think I told you guys on Saturday, I, in the morning, because I practice Buddhism with the SGI, it's a, that's a whole other story, this lay Buddhist organization. And I gave, an experience on Saturday. We had a meeting and I was, and I did a little experience and which means, you know, I told a story and that's supposed to inspire people to practice Buddhism and whatever the hell. And I was telling a story and, but my story was about this job and because what happened was I got this phone call out of the blue. And I within a couple of days, I had this job. I mean, it was like a whirlwind. And then that's why it's so bizarre that basically they fired me five days later. So it was and it was really traumatic because I was working 12 to 14 hour days they gave, and I'm only repeating this because I have post-traumatic stress disorder. And so, and if anybody else already heard this, just go get a cup of coffee. And what happened? So 
they had a look of the show. So I was there to do animations for the show. And they had a look for the show. I'm just trying to explain it succinctly. But Drew Barrymore didn't like the look. When I got there, I didn't know this. So they gave me a, a reference. You know, you get like a brand Bible. and But then none of it. So use Helvetica now, the fonts, but don't use that font. Use, make it look like the show. Make it look like the toolkit, but not like the toolkit because she hates the toolkit. And... It was it was just crazy where I they told me to like make something lighthearted and I made it lighthearted and it went up the chain and then it was then Drew Barrymore said no I want it serious so and then they talked to me about it like I had done something wrong by not knowing that when they said make it lighthearted they actually meant make it serious and. I'm always like, okay, you know, yes and in my my uh, improv and army training. What do you, okay, I'm always trying to make, uh, make, make everybody happy. Not, you know, not that the army makes people happy, but I'm never, uh, never not a team player in these, especially on a TV show because I've been doing it forever. I love it. But I didn't love this. It was really horrible. Um, that's all I have to say, really, is that... And then they called... Me, and the thing that pisses me off is that... Like, they did, it just seems to me, when I'm looking back and and referring and uh, reviewing it in my mind, that they were... The whole thing was a shit show because Drew Barrymore didn't like her toolkit anymore. And everybody was throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. This was the direction I got, too. And they clearly were blaming me, now that I'm looking back, that um, she didn't like some things. And then, but the other thing is, to add insult to injury, they also, I think I told you guys, the next day, after, so they fired me after basically working for three days and not being able to read Drew Barrymore's mind at the end of those three days. I don't know. I guess I read it a little bit because they were using my stuff. So they, um, he, the guy wrote me the next day saying, oh, I'm so sorry it didn't work out, but we need your files. And of course, I never sent the files. I'll be sending them the first of never and uh, because I'm like, okay, so it's, I didn't, um, you didn't like it, but now you're, you're using, you know what I mean? So they need my files because they're using them. So obviously maybe they cut the cord. Uh, it doesn't matter because they did me a favor, frankly, it's not even sour grapes. It's just, I, from the, the first day I was there, I was thinking, how can I, survive this uh, there's no way so the other thing is is the show this is the other thing that makes me weird or think about I'm not sure exactly what happened with the show because my sister and I told you guys the other day when I was I'm still traumatized that's why I'm like I am not like yesterday I was going to do a show and I but I was so kind of depressed and I guess, I don't know. 
I'm I try not to be depressed. It's but I was just in such a down mood that I thought if I got on the show I would just break down crying and that's not what the show is about. <laughs> well, it is sometimes, but that's why I call it therapy for the resistance. It is. We're just people sharing, trying to get through this fascist land and trying to make a difference, really. So I, what happened then? Oh, but I, t I called my sister when this happened. And of course, my sister's been telling me for, for years, as long as I've had the show, that it's my show. My show. Nobody wants to, uh, they don't, they don't want to take a chance because, which is fine. I get it. But, um, it's fucked up. And it also makes me want to, uh, it, obviously, I'm not going to not do the show. That's the thing. So if they have a problem with me doing my, my show, then it's not for me. I can't work with them. Like, fuck you, right? Because I'm a free American. You know what I mean? I wear a mask. I care about my fellow Americans, and I'm trying to make a difference, and as are you. So if I have a an ability to sit here and and talk and gather, as Mike Malloy says, gather people around the campfire, the internet campfire, then I'm going to do that. And, the, and I'm not going to not do it um, because some fucking stupid daytime talk show doesn't like it. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, so my sister insists, and it kind of makes sense to tell you the truth, because why? After five days, because it was such a whirlwind that they hired me, it made me think that they might have done this to a person before me because maybe he, he or she quit because it was such bullshit. And, but that when I asked him why, when he was firing me on the phone, I said, you know, can you tell me why? Uh, so I know how to improve that, which makes me want to gag now that I, ugh, cause I should have said, fuck you. Um, because it wasn't me. You know what I mean? Uh, it really wasn't. And I'm not like, sour grapes it's the truth but because it was a, a an impossible climb to ask somebody to parachute into a show and who the hell am I to say oh let's not do it like the toolkit because I know that Drew Barrymore doesn't really like the toolkit even though I'm it's my first day here it's just bizarre so but he said that I had missed a note Okay, on the, f and I said to him, that was my first day. So they, they brought up a note. I missed a note on the first day on the job when they still were getting my computer set up. So to bring that up, that's why it makes me think that my sister might be right. That it might be the show. They saw I had a show. Because they all were commenting. That's the other thing, because everything was done on Zoom and they were all commenting on my setup. You know, I didn't have the Tara Buster thing on behind me, but they were like, oh, look at your mic. I feel like I'm on a podcast. So it makes me think that, and then they, ha and they had a lawyer, you know, on the set. So everything had to go through the lawyer. So I don't, it doesn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. 
if then they, oh, let's Google her, and there you go. And they see me a flaming liberal, and then they're like, oh, no, we're making joy. We can't have this divisive, uh, this uh, person with titles that say Republicans are unfit. We're making joy for everybody. So, and what if I say something? You know what I mean? So, F you, making joy. Please. All I have to say to that as well is, I know for a fact, ladies and gentlemen, that, you know, I've worked in television for my whole life. So, I have worked with well-known people before. And not, this is probably the first time I've had to deal with anything like that. I've heard nightmare stories about certain well-known people, but I know, thankfully I've had good experiences. I worked with Lady Gaga. I worked with Nancy Grace. I, I mean, and you would be surprised, Nancy Grace. Some people, they think, oh, she's a right way. She's not. And she's a very nice person, too. And I also know for a fact, and I do appreciate her, I have to say. She's a decent, wonderful person. So I know that people think that, oh, she's uh, whatever. I don't know. They might think she's Republican or more Republican than they than you think. Oh, there's Shannon. Shannon knows Nancy very well. So, But I also happen to know that... We do have a well-known person under a pseudonym who is a patron. Okay, I can't tell you who it is. So if you want to be like them, become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And I, I'm looking at the chat right now, and I see that there's a lot of comments held for review. See, this is weird. I never changed anything. So I'm wondering if YouTube did something automatically. Again, this is what they do. They update things and I have no control. I have no idea why and how all of a sudden all of these comments are being held for review. Uh, who? What? If Haiku, I don't know if you can change that somehow. That's okay. All right. So let's get back to what we were talking about. Um, thank you again for letting me share as Shannon, who just popped on the chat. She knows I've been, uh, sharing this. <laughs> I definitely have post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I, um, I am also relieved because there would be no way to continue doing that show and this show if I was working 12 to 14 hour days and the show hadn't even launched yet. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. So. Yes, Sin City is saying, whose comments? I'm, I don't know. I just see all these tags that say comment held for review. So, um, different, everybody's comments, all different comments. So, all right. Thank you, JD, for your super chat. And, yeah, and this is therapy for the resist. This is my therapy tonight. Thank you. See, look, Mark C., it just said, Mark C. Held for review. Which is something that was written. Weird. Dario Harris. This comment is being held for review. Annoying. God. Because, right, because they might wake people up. Exactly. 
I have to look into, I, I don't know. This is what happens. Like five minutes before air, YouTube changes something. And then I have to scramble wondering what the hell, to, what button to press. All right. So what were we talking about besides Drew Barrymore and making joy? Oh, God. Even saying that, when I said that those words, my I just got this twist in my stomach. Ugh. God, I really am traumatized from that experience. I really am. I can't tell you how much. I I mean, you could only only imagine. Shannon, thank you for your super chat and also for your therapy, for giving me therapy and being my friend and understanding. So thank you. Um, I've been talking about this experience. <laughs> That's why I haven't been doing the show. But And it also, I please um, thank you for allowing me this indulgence because I feel like I'm trying to get to the other side of it and not be traumatized by it, even though I'm already traumatized. And you know what? It also, I also feel like out of it from the experience. I don't know what it is. Some kind of existential, it, tr it triggered something existential in me. Or, and, and I started thinking, what is the meaning of, well, I think this all the time, what is the meaning of life? Because when my sister is saying to me, what it, oh, it's your, it's your podcast. That's why they Googled you and they see, they don't want to deal with it. But uh, what am I going to do? I am not going to not do this podcast. And I hope, my hope is that we will get to the point where I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. We could just do the podcast, do the show, make liberal content, get the word out on what, uh, what, it, what it means to be a real patriot, what it means to be an American, how we fix this country. It's not that hard, as we say in the room, simple but not easy. It's only not easy because we have a broken system that's, you know, uh, run specifically and solely to make the rich richer. That's it. It's not run to make you have a decent middle-class life, that's for sure. Look at what they just did. If anything speaks volumes, it's the fact that Mitch McConnell left town without coming to a deal. You know, with the great deal maker. Unbelievable. If now you tell me if um this were a pandemic that affected only banksters, what do you think Mitch McConnell would do? You think he'd leave town? Do you think he would uh, not meet with Nancy Pelosi to come up with a deal if there were some kind of weird economic crisis hitting only the 1%? You know it. If that were a case, they would, they would rob your piggy bank, that's for sure. They'd rob Medicaid, Social Security, public roads, public parks, if only to funnel more money into the arms of people who'll never spend it in a million lifetimes. 
You know that to be the case. And anybody who votes for these monsters, they're sick. Now, I've been watching the corporate media. As you know, a lot of things we do on the show is we talk about corporate media because they're part of the problem. But it is encouraging to see that the corporate media is, they are um, really getting the word out about the Trump attack against the post office. And that's good. Because for once, I feel like something is happening. I mean, it happens all the time. The thing... For example, what we talked about on the show the other day about another, the last Arctic ice cap. Is, is it the last? Now that I'm saying that, the Arctic ice shelf melted into the sea. We talked about that on the show. Let me see. Last. Now that I'm saying that, I'm thinking it's the last. It can't be last, right? Arctic. Maybe the last in a certain area. That's probably why I last is coming up in my mind. Yeah, Canada's last intact ice shelf breaks up. Breaks up. It's gone. What do you mean breaks up? It has been absorbed. It melted into the sea. So that to me is, um, that's, uh, that's a terrifying, that's terrifying news. But I haven't heard it on any corporate media channels. Just as this, the Trump attack against the post office—that's terrifying in it, in its own way. It's it, uh, a an assault against the <laughs> the country. So, and the Democratic Republic we're we're pretending to be. And it's good to know that it's all over the corporate media. They're really hitting it. But I think that's because they understand that it's, uh, it's about Trump trying to prevent people from voting. That's part of it. I mean, how disgusting Republicans really are. How gross it's when they're telling, uh, they're talking to this, this fake postmaster general, why are like what he's up to and he says they're making the post office more efficient by removing sorting machines and removing mailboxes how dare you they think we're stupid well they can count on the stupidity of the trump and z that's for sure they can bank on that they oh please they bring that to the bank that is that has been their wealth they could count on that all day all night the stupidity of the right wingers to fall in line and and to and to when they say oh we're destroying the post office oh we're removing post uh, mailboxes and we're removing sorting machines so we can increase efficiency. How stupid do they think we all are? They seem to forget that the majority of Americans actually uh, didn't vote for the, the filthy, tax-cheating, draft-dodging con man. And we have to do something. If we really want a functioning society, we have to uh, finally... You know, have a government that is duly elected. 
Republicans walk around like they have a mandate, but they are a minority party and a very small minority that, at that. And today on the corporate media, I mean, whatever, they were talking about the post office, but they, uh, I don't know if you all saw that Mika Brzezinski went on, she was going on a tirade about Trump, whatever, fine. You should have done that from day one, hun. They put him on their show. They gave him a platform. Now, uh, all right. Damage done. But, and I, you know, all the same cast of characters, the Donnie Deutsches, the Willie Geist, you know, all of them, whatever. Uh, Donnie Deutsch was saying that, and he made a point, though, even though I hate him. Let's get, I mean, he's an idiot. We know that. But he said that, um, and it was something that we say on the show. He said that, we it's time to really come to terms with the fact that there are one third of the American people are they're simply a bunch of racists. That's it. Of course. Yes. They're going to still vote for Trump. How many people have to die? It's never it's not that's not even a question because it doesn't matter how many die. They will still vote for him. It's beyond belief to think of all of the countries on earth, we're at the bottom of the barrel. Well, meaning the worst. We're the top, meaning we're the worst. Meaning how many more are going to die? And by the time they're through, you better believe there will be at least 600,000 Americans dead. You know that. And that's, that's Trump. And there'll be more. If I mean, maybe I'm being conservative with that number. He already set it up that if, if less than 2 million die, he's a success story. Now, and I was thinking, watching him on his press conference, where, again, I ask, why? Why does the corporate media break in? Press conference? Yeah, let's check in with the con man to who reads a piece of paper badly. And finally, the corporate media put it together where I... Got, I wait, hold on. I got the fucking thing behind me. It's not working. And where is this? Where is the corporate media clip? Well, they there's a montage. Let me say this. Where the heck is everything? My computer is slow. I need a I need more patrons. Jesus Christ. Jesus F and Christ. Cause one day when we have enough patrons, there will be somebody else here. And I can say, get me that clip or blah blah blah. Put this up there. Give me that article. Right? But here we go. The United States has now conducted more than 66 million tests, which is far more than any other than any nation other country in the world. America is the largest at-risk population. It's not an echo you're hearing if you're listening on the podcast. It's Twitter, different times, reading a, a paper with no new information. But everyone had to run and scramble and get their cameras in front of the con man. So he can read 
read this paper badly of filled with lies about how well he's doing. Thank God for him. How well he's doing. Please, if if this is well, that that's what I was thinking when I was listening to him again go on about how great he's doing, how they're working very hard. He keeps saying, oh, we're so hard working. Everyone, the greatest people, fantastic people, all the top people working really hard. On what? If this is them working hard, I would hate to see when they slow down. How many more got to die for them working so hard? This is them hard at work. You understand? 1.5 million residents of nursing homes. 1.5 million residents of nursing homes. About five times that of the United Kingdom and other European countries. We've We've delivered over 1,800 rapid point-of-care testing devices to nursing homes. Unreal. This is them working really hard. 5.31 million confirmed cases. 168,000 dead and counting. How many unemployed? Let's see. Unemployed. Oh, they, they're chatting. Oh, unemployment. There weren't, it was only 900, or how much? 900,000? Not over a million? Well, there's still millions out of work. Dead, mass graves, unemployed, people. Uh, the other thing that really made me sick, too, today was because people send me things a lot, and I appreciate that, So, because I got to keep up, got to keep up with things. Only got two eyes in my head. And uh, someone sent me this meme. It said, well, it's, it's not a meme. It's a tweet. Someone tweeted it. Courts in Michigan are streaming eviction hearings to social media. It's something out of a dystopian novel. Not only are people being evicted during a pandemic, but their eviction hearing is being streamed live for all to see. That's what people need right now, right? More shaming. Isn't that disgusting? What kind of a country does that? Is that e pluribus unum to you? In the middle of the worst Global pandemic in a hundred years. The American people are we just turning on each other at each other's throats. Opportunities abound for the rich to get richer, and they are. And I gotta ask, are we have we had enough? Are we ready to finally understand that the working class that we're in this together? That's why they, they need us divided. That you're not a temporarily embarrassed millionaire. If you trade your time for a paycheck, you're a laborer. You're a worker. You're not a capitalist. So are you, how, how much more? Oh, I worked my whole life. I played by the rules. They don't care. You're a sucker to them. And they have no interest 
and keeping a roof over your head or shoes on your feet or food in your stomach. Obviously. Mitch McConnell, don't worry about it. He's sleeping like a baby tonight next to his Chinese spy wife. They're coming up with ways to keep the party going. It's always a party for those in the 1%, as you can see. They're riding. Trump says, oh, the V, the sharp V. It wasn't going to be so sharp. You know, he learned that. He heard that in an elevator once. What is wrong with us? What's wrong with us? 30 million out of work? Mass effing graves? 168,000 dead, 5.31 million sick and counting. And a liar, a filthy con man gets up there from day one and says, it's going to disappear like magic. And the reason I keep saying and I bring up, and maybe one day when anthropologists go through this period of time and they come across the show and they read, they see us and they, they read our comments and listen to what we were talking about, maybe they'll, they'll say some of them got it right from the beginning because I hate being right. That's why I say it sucks to be right. I don't want to be right. I wish we had a country that was capable of functioning for all. But clearly, some people are, they lack the ability to function in a free democratic society, and they are better off in their own country. Secede, please. You don't have to wear a mask. You can build a wall. Go right ahead. You could take babies from their parents because don't worry because the asylum seekers will take them here in civilization. We'll live up to our ideals like George Washington, who, I mean, although he was a slaveholder, yes, we know, but he also wrote about torture, not torturing the prisoners of war, the British prisoners of, of war as the, as Britain tortured the American prisoners of war because we were fighting for more than just we were fighting for an idea and an ideal more than just for land and a war. It was we were fighting for an ideology. Isn't that what George Washington said about prisoners of war? Even though I remember reading some incredibly heinous incidences that occurred during the American Revolution. I mean, it's not, it wasn't all just freaking fifing, whatever that is, uh, tricordered hats and flutes going on. People bled, fought, died, and heinous acts of inhumanity occurred, I remember specifically. I always think about this one incident I remember reading about of the the Hessian mercenaries that were hired by the Britain the British to um to brutalize the American colonists basically they attacked a home a home you know just a farmer but he was a an American sympathizer he was a he was a revolutionary not a loyalist and the hessians just just raped his entire family 
well, not just, obviously, it's weird to say it like that, as if they are property, right? I guess it's just a way of speaking, a manner of speaking. But And I remember reading about how they displayed the bodies, they decapitated the family, left their heads on the mantle over the fireplace, you know, to make a gruesome spectacle, um, to warn off anyone else who might get any ideas about um, of by and for the people. So that's what... This is what uh, the American colonists went through. It wasn't just like, dit, 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 dit. wait, I'm just trying to find this. Uh, where is this? I got to get better uh, sound effects because I needed a sound effect right there of a, uh, of a flute, you know. But yeah, these were real people who lived and they fought for independence, yeah, slave owning, of course, yes, not all, but I know the hypocrisy, I know, I know, but you know what I'm saying, and I think about the the Republicans now, and in the light of history, let's see, hold on, I'm trying to, I, I, can't, I can't do five fucking things at once, hold on a second, George Washington torture Oh, hi Tara Jr. Jr. just in time to give everybody a distraction while I'm looking something up. Yes, should any American soldier, this is what George Washington's this is this were this, oh, I can't talk. Sorry. These are George Washington's orders. Should any American soldier be so base and infamous as to injure any prisoner, I do most earnestly enjoin you to bring him such severe and exemplary punishment as the enormity of the crime may require. Should it extend to death itself, it would not be disproportional to its guilt at such a time and in such a cause, for by such conduct they bring shame, disgrace, and ruin to themselves and their country. And think about think about the INS agents dragging children away from their parents. You think that makes America great? So I was thinking about history and you know and you guys know I I love Roman history that's one of my favorite periods of history and then I was so I was listening to a podcast today about Roman history it's called the ancients it's a good one it's a new one so cuz I I listened to Dan Snow's history hit that's another one and he mentioned this new podcast and uh, so I was listening to military, some Roman military history, and they were discussing um, the rise and fall of the Republic, of the Roman Republic, which is one of my fascinations. And he made, an, um, he made a point, which I thought was really appropriate for now as well, because he said that when he, st- and I'm, I wish I could remember the guy's name now. I feel terrible for for 
for not. Let's see if I can look them up. The Ancients podcast. Um, but he said that for, as he studied Roman military history in particular, what fascinated him not or struck him wasn't that how many battles the Romans won, but how many they lost. And in the, especially in the early days. And in fact, not only did they lose, they lo they lost multiple times to multiple, to the, to the same enemy. So they would fight and fight and fight and never give up. And that is what made them dominate Western civilization for nearly a thousand years. And he also went on, so he made the point that it's clear from Roman history, because we all get this idea that the Romans, the reason they were so successful was because of their military. And they did create a, uh, a, the military model that we still follow today. Yet, because of they lost more battles than they won and in fact they they lost such decisive so decisively many of these battles where the for example the ba the battle of cannae or cannae however you pronounce it the people pronounce it differently uh, i whatever i'm not a historian i'm just uh someone i'm, I'm a fan um but they lost over 60,000 uh, soldiers, human beings in one day. That's more people who died in the entire Vietnam War. They lost in a single day. So you would think that any other civilization would have given up. That would have been it. But the reason they did not, and they kept coming back, and failure wasn't even in the Roman mindset, was because they had a civic ethos so it wasn't really their military that conquered the world. It was their community. They had such a community spirit that there was no, giving up was not an ap option. That sacrificing their sons, their fathers, were not, that there were, that was the, a small price to pay they would always be able to raise another army because the, the civic life in Rome was so ingrained in every Roman citizen. And they were also a nation of laws. That's another thing that attracted other civilizations to, the, to adopt Roman ways and also become Roman themselves. Not many of the neighboring tribes and 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 uh, other um, you know other civilizations they eagerly or even not just eagerly they became Roman because they got a better deal with the Romans. We, Roman law was superior; they were treated better in Roman law. Um, and the Romans had a civic mindset where the, it's, it, it, when I think about what, th th let's compare and contrast to the United States. This is why w this country does not stand a chance 
because we don't have this civic mindset anymore. We're not in this together. We're not fighting for an ideal. And so this historian, he, he was mentioning the battle of Philippi, or Philippi, that's the last battle of the Roman Republic. The, it was against uh, Augustus and Mark Antony, against the uh, Brutus and Cassius, and these were, it was really the Roman Republic against the Roman autocracy. Where in, the, in that battle... Cassius and Brutus, they spurred their, their soldiers on, saying, we're fighting for an idea. We're fighting for the Republic. And if the battle had gone the other way, the Roman Republic might have lasted, maybe a bit longer, as weakened as it was by uh, concentrated wealth. But it had always been that way. And anyway, the, whereas in that same battle... Uh, Mark Antony and Augustus, they they would tell their soldiers that they weren't fighting for they were fighting for booty, and they were fighting for the spoils of war. So the uh, the ideology, the mindset of um, of this civic life was being um, systematically uh, really put to the background for. Uh, the sake of selfishness and personal gain. And it so reminded me of exactly what's going on in this country. Where is our community spirit? Of course, we will not survive like this. We, yeah, the life will go on, but we will not be a democratic republic. We can't have a, 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 uh, a democratic republic that functions for all and... I got mine, and um, the selfishness of the rugged individual, whatever that means, is the highest American value. What, what you can take from your fellow Americans without giving a crap about what it means to be an American. What, what does it mean now to be an American? Is it that really... Is it, it, it has nothing. It has no meaning. To me, it's an embarrassment. We, it's also a tragedy knowing that we had such a, such promise to have these ideals that speak of happiness and e pluribus unum. Well, what's wrong with us? Why can't we accomplish that? When you attack the civic life of this country. Of course you can't accomplish that. You can have a military. Doesn't mean that you will have a republic, as you see. And what does Trump do? So in the battle of our republic, who's up against, who's on the side of the republic? Of course, uh, then you have Trump on the side of selfishness. And there are plenty of willing co-conspirators on that side. They're not fighting for any high and mighty ideals or for the republic. They'll say it, though. They're fighting for the right to be as big of an asshole and selfish prick 
and still call themselves a patriot, I suppose. That's what it seems to me. But you're not a patriot, though. You're not even, uh, you're not a patriot. You're not even, you're barely a, a decent human being. You know, when he says, make America, how can you make America great when all you do is elevate the basest and the lowest parts of the human condition? Of course, there's no civic life. I, and that when I was listening to this podcast and this this man um, who was explaining it so beautifully, it really made me weep for this country. And you see, you know, they say um, if you don't study history, we're doomed to repeat. Well, here you go. Here we go. It's right in the open. And no, you're not you're not seeing things. It is happening. We're on we're on the precipice of the point of no return. And trust me, I will vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'll be voting for Kamala Harris. Let's put it that way. Not that she's my number one choice, but um he's not gonna fix this. He, he's going to be better. He'll, he won't be attacking the post office, that's for sure. He will hopefully stop the bleeding. But, yeah, this is a, a, a mountain we have to climb. And how can you climb a mountain when you have a bunch of anchors around your goddamn heels Nipping at your heels, pulling you down, pulling you backwards every step you take. They don't have a clue what it means to be an American. This is why when I I listen to the podcast and this historian talking about how it was really the Roman soldier farmers, the civic, the family, the civic life that was instilled in every Roman home where they would elevate each other, where they would venerate each other's service to the state. Not that, oh, I'm sure that sounds, that sounds very scary to a Republican. Service to the state? Yeah, that's called patriotism. Ask not what your country can do to you, for you, do to you. Now it's, they've changed it to ask what your country can do to you. <laughs> What do you mean? They don't ask. Ask not. Don't even question what your country can do to you. They don't ask. They just do. But, yeah. That was... That's nothing scary about Ask not what your country can do for you, what you can do for your country. Yeah, that was the, the ideology that conquered Western civilization. We still live in its shadow. Because in every home, the family uh, would would teach their children about this civic responsibility. And if someone did something for the state, yeah, they gave out medals and banners and things that, that would be um, displayed prominently in the home. And these were points of pride. So, for example, in... Uh, in a period like this, wearing a mask 
saying, I can do the least little sacrifice for my fellow American, that would be a no-brainer. I could put a little mask on while I go out and try to find a mailbox that Republicans have removed. Because it's not about me. It's about us. E pluribus unum. This is a society. And here in the United States, rather as opposed to the Roman Republic, you don't have... What are they teaching children in their home? They take, are they teaching? Are right-wingers, fascists, trump teaching their children about community responsibility? Community spirit? How we're in this together and we're, we're sacrificing for the greater good of our country? So what else? They can't even... They, they can't even sacrifice what? They don't sacrifice anything. They, they wouldn't sacrifice a, a minute of inconvenience with a mask on. That's not even that inconvenient. I ride my goddamn bike wearing a mask. These people are sick, and they're making us sick. They have entirely too much power. We give them too much of a platform. So it's disgusting, and it makes me really wonder, frankly, how much longer, not this of how much longer are we going to take it, but how much longer until it's over, the country is done. We finally, uh, you know, it will go on, just like the Roman um, Empire went on. It wasn't a republic anymore, but the people didn't know that. They would always, up until the end of the Republic, they would, I mean, of, the, of, of Rome, of uh, Roman history, Roman rule of Western civilization, they would always, they always thought, they would, if you asked, if you jetpacked or whatever, transported yourself back in time, and you found an average Roman citizen, they would tell you they lived in a Republic, regardless of the time, even though they had... Uh, intergenerational aristocracies and monarchies at the, for hundreds of years, they would say they were in the Republic. So that's us. I see that as us so clearly. Thinking, I mean, yeah, we still have a sliver, a little bit to say on election day. That's why... The Republicans are trying so hard to destroy voting in this country. There's no coincidences. They understand that, hey, people, they're going to undo all, all, all our hard work. You know, not the hard work keeping people alive, but the hard work destroying the grand experiment in liberal democracy. The thing that we have to pretend. They must get so exhausted pretending all the time. Oh, God bless America. Singing teary-eyed renditions of America the Beautiful. You know, shining up their made-in-China American flag lapel pins. Pretending. Calling themselves a good American or 
carrying, saying, oh, I got my pocket constitution here while they might as well just be wiping their ass with it. You got your pocket constitution? Is that your on-the-go toilet paper? Unbelievable. So, yeah, when I, 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 I recommend you guys listening to that podcast. It's called The Ancients. And tell me it doesn't remind you of now. Well, how far we've, we've fallen. We're done. We don't have that. We don't have a community spirit. We don't have a civic life of responsibility. Not at all. And in fact, in the Roman Republic, they didn't even get paid for their civic duty. It was considered an honor to volunteer. So, no. Oh, well, you would say, Trump says, oh, well, uh, like, one of them, Mnuchin, oh, these these freaking pigs. I hate, I mean, I love pigs, but I hate them. They only take a dollar salary or whatever it might be. They're, please, because they're smashing and grabbing everything else. Yes, Jim on the chat. I blame Drew. I do too. And the people like her. Unreal. But I, you know, this is what has to happen if we want to have a functioning society. That's why I ask you guys to not just become a patron, of course, and I hate having to always make a plug. It's annoying to me as well. And But to share the show, to invite people to the show, to keep coming back to the show, we have to build this community and build the, get the word out. It's not that hard to... We, what we have to do. It's just about changing or not changing hearts and minds or opening their mind to what, to what will fix this country. I got the, I got the remedy. You want me to tell you what it is? I'll tell you again in case you just got in here and you stumbled in drunk and you're like, what is this? It is... Um, it is really e pluribus unum. First of all, money out of politics. Bottom line, you if we uh, if we had money out of politics already, we would probably already have many of the things that we that we desperately need, including universal health care, universal higher education. But it's also the reason we don't have those things is. Because of racism, too. This, the original sin that everyone agrees, including the corporate media mouthpieces, they agree that the original sin of this country is racism. It's, it's racism, genocide, it's white supremacy. That is the original sin, white supremacy. Manifest destiny, right? I never thought I would hear that phrase out of a history class, but... That's something recently that one of the Trump... Did he even say that? Um, he's not smart enough to say that, right? One of his minions said something about manifest destiny. Unreal. They would be funny if they weren't so... so da damaging and dangerous. It would be merely comical. 
Let's see. Manifest Destiny Trump. I want to see. Yeah. Trump invokes Manifest Destiny in the State of the Union. Manifest Destiny in reaffirming our heritage as a free nation. Meaning, let me let me translate into the oligarch. The oligarch speak. When they say we're a free nation, when Republicans say that, what they mean is you have, you're nothing. You're a pawn. You're a host from which to suck profit and discard. You don't like it. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a billionaire. Okay? That's it. We're a free nation, meaning they're free to not give a shit whether you live or die in the streets. All right, that's the translation. Reaffirming our heritage is a free man. We must remember that America has always been a frontier nation. Well, a genocide nation. Uh, he told members of Congress, blah, blah, blah. Now we must embrace the next frontier, America's manifest destiny in the stars. God help the stars. Yeah. The, anyway, so as let me get back to the remedy. Um, money out of politics, bottom line. That's the first thing that has to happen. Really, everything else, frankly, is putting the cart before the horse or is throwing a Band-Aid at a bleeding artery. That's the original sin of the dysfunction is money in politics. So, okay, but now moving on, money in, out of politics, we, ne- we must reinstate a high top marginal tax rate and progressive taxation on the rich, well, on the whole country, progressive taxation and high top marginal tax rates on the 1% bottom line. These are all, that will help remedy the income disparity and upward immobility. Okay. Then this could all happen at the same time. We must use our newly, um, equitable tax system that prevents the development of intergenerational aristocracy. That has to be right out, out, out in the open. People, children have to be taught that you can't have democracy and you and concentrated wealth at the same time. Have to you have to be taught that children have to be taught that unapologetically, not that freedom and friggin' eagles and f- stars and flags flying. Okay, which means nothing. So that's so money out of politics, progressive taxation. The estate tax, reinstating the estate tax to prevent the development of an aristocracy. Deliberately, we, there you go, unapologetically, we can't have an aristocracy. You concentrated wealth is the enemy of democracy. And with our newly, our equitable tax system, you, you have to, we have to, fund social programs, investing in education through the general fund up to and including higher education as far as your abilities can take you, including, well, 
not just school or uh, traditional degrees, trade schools. We have to make the investment using our progressive taxation and our upward mobility. That's what makes an upwardly mobile society. We make the investment in each other. We don't set ourselves up for failure. What kind of effing country turns a, a, an entire generation of young people into indentured servants to banks? That's what we have. They did that. Government, but a bought and paid for government did that. Bought and paid for by the big moneyed interests who are making buku bucks, f- s- siphoning money from our pockets, from our, our futures. Okay, so we need to f- uh, public education. It is a patriotic imperative out of the general fund, and it's also f- not funded out of. Property taxes. There is nothing more racist than that. That was a deliberate racist policy. So these are very simple things, simple but not easy. And then, of course, we need universal health care funded out of our general fund. All of these things, education, I mean, that's a start. Then you build up in public schools. The you, this is why Republicans hate public schools because they you know, or they call it government schools. F you. Yeah, government schools because we the people form a more perfect union. And said, hell no, we don't need a king in an aristocracy. You goddamn freaking fascist greedy ghouls. And if you don't like it, then. Get, go, go to England. Well, they, they have a better system than us now. So they have universal health care, at least. Uh, where can you go? Go to Somalia. No taxes. Really? Go to Pakistan. Pakistan is the conservative dreamland. You want to see conservative policies taken to its utmost fru- fruition? Look at Pakistan. No taxes on the rich. The military eats up the majority of the budget. It can do no wrong and cannot be questioned. Women know their place. Gays are in the closet. Church and state are intertwined. No government schools. No socialist security. That's your conservative dreamland. It's Pakistan. Except they want Pakistan, they want America like Pakistan, and they want it a little bit more Jesus-y. Um, yeah, know them by their fruits. You don't have to be a Miss Cleo to figure it out. All you got to do is look at the policies. They got the same policies. Right? Who are all of these nosy people? Outside influences I'm seeing around you by the moon card. Right? All right, Miss Cleo. Experience the miracle of the tarot. <laughs> right? Call me now for your free reading. All right, Miss Cleo. Whatever happened to Miss Cleo? 
Let's see. Could I want I, there was this article somebody wrote about Pakistan being the conservative dreamland. It's a few years ago. I'm just looking it up. Hmm. See, that's why I need you to become a patron. Because I would be like, can you please look that up? Pakistan. That's Trumpistan. All right, and then what's the other thing? So uh, as far as what to do with how to fix this country, so we got it. It's These are the, this is the remedy. Not just, okay, what do we got? Let's start from the beginning. Money out of politics, progressive taxation, the estate tax, reinstating the estate tax, of course. Well, of course, regulating corporations. This is all, that's a given. Um, what was the other one? Oh, yes. Uh, funding public education. It's not just, oh, free. Who's going to pay? It's free. Somebody's got to pay for your free. We pay. We make an investment, you dumb. It's called making an investment. Instead of using or treating our future as a as nothing but a, a, a bunch of hosts from which to suck profit and discard. That's what they've done to us. And in all the while, that's why the DLC Democrats drive me insane, because all of this happened with their help, you see. Everything that we're talking about, it's, there's nothing more American than progressive taxation or an estate tax. We used to have them. Republicans, with the help of their Democratic enablers, and not only, oh, well, they're not in the majority. Well, the only reason Republicans get into the ma majority, besides stealing and cheating and gerrymandering, is because Democrats, for, they pretend to be Republicans. They go Republican light, and they buy into the bullshit instead of doing what's right. All the while... You know, people want a fighter. They want people, they want a representative who who believes in what this country, I mean, all you got to do is go out there and explain and, and don't apologize that when we're talking about universal higher education or progressive taxation or an estate tax or universal health care, we're talking about leaving no one behind and investing in a country that has that works for all and makes a democracy possible all of that it's not you know is you don't got to be a rocket science tying you don't got to be trump you don't got to get a fake degree from wharton you just have to understand the you know basic simple rules about human about human history about political history about what we're trying to do here with a, a a functioning democratic republic the reason we haven't been able to get there is because of greed a couple of things right greed and racism that that's the bottom line it's true it can all be boiled down to that, those two 
greed, and racism. We will never get to the other side. We'll never get to the mountaintop where we can look over at the other side unless we rectify our racist history. And you don't do that merely by throwing Band-Aids at bleeding arteries. And that's why I keep saying, too, about universal health care and universal higher education and funding, funding the education system from kindergarten or pre-K up to beyond up to doctorate and beyond if you got the ability go for it because that's an investment in us all of us that makes a better civilization but it's all about making a country that that heals its racist ass history you heal your racist ass history by saying not not just taking a knee with somebody but by saying we are in this together. Don't just say it. Show me. Display it. We're in it together, not just when we're taking a knee in front of a camera, but when you go to school and we're all in it together. You're in the civilization. I'm in the civilization. We're working together. I pay taxes, you pay taxes, and into that general fund, we fund our social system. And if you want to go to school, or if your kids, or my, well, I don't have kids, my cats want to go to school. No, I wish, right? <laughs> my cats won't, will be starting college in the fall. And, yeah, we're investing in each other, but that's also a way that we heal this country. We heal the racist history. We recognize the pain. Not just, okay, taking a knee, getting rid of those ugly, stupid traitor statues. That's all great. But also putting your money where your mouth is. I, I, I want to, you know, I don't have kids, but like I said, paying taxes... I pay taxes in my community and kids go to school in this community. It's not like, oh, because I want to live in a community where kids get to read and write and understand. I don't want to live around a bunch of doltards. And maybe that kid, when I'm old, that kid will be the one who not just cures cancer or cures a sickness I have. Maybe that's a kid who gets and sits with me and reads me a poem they wrote. And we have a human connection. Uh, for a minute, we, can, we recognize each other's humanity. That's important, too. Because it really is all about e pluribus unum when it comes down to it, that we're in it together. No one goes through life alone. No one ever did. And no one ever will. We all need each other. We're all in it together. That's the biggest miss. That's the biggest lie that these fascist right-wing freakers, effers ever perpetrated on this country. That we're a bunch of rugged individuals? No. Even the rugged individuals who crossed 
uh, uh, into the West, who trailed, blazed across uh, an uncharted land. They didn't do it alone. That was a public-private partnership. So, all these bullshit myths that we tell each other, um, this is why I do the show that the more people who hear this, this is not, it's not just history, it's common sense. Well, I guess that's why Thomas Paine called his pamphlet Common Sense. And it's also when we, when we unapologetically talk about what, what we talk about on this show, progressive taxation, Universal health care, universal higher education, estate taxes to prevent an intergenerational aristocracy and getting money out of politics once and for all that we unapologetically reclaim the mantle of patriotism because that's what it is. It's patriotic to leave no one behind. We're in this together. And also, I was thinking about this as far as universal health care and higher education because I saw some somewhere, I don't know, remember, where on some corporate media channel, they were talking about reparations. So where there's all the controversy, reparations, you know, conservatives are like, I, was, I never held a slave. I never owned a slave. It's really also about reparations are about recognizing what went on here. The truth, the reality, the other American experiences. That's how I look at it. Reparation, that's why they don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk about it because they don't want to deal with the real history of this country. They think, I mean, oh my God. I remember not too long ago, well, maybe it was a couple of years now, someone, there was this right winger and they were having a, there was a discussion with a normal person and a right winger and uh, this person was talking and was saying Frederick Douglass wrote a letter to his former Slave, the, the guy that owned him formerly. And the right winger cut the guy off. And he said, to, what, to thank him for giving him food and clothing and a, and a roof? The, the guy actually said that. No, uh, Frederick Douglass didn't write his freaking former owner and say, hey, guy. What up, what up, what up? Thank you for feeding me and putting a roof over me. Oh, uh, at the cost of my humanity. Thank you for treating me like, um, uh, just like the, the cows, the chickens, and the mules. Oh, my God. Let's see. Where is this? If I can find it. Frederick Douglass. Conservative. No, I, it's going to be hard. I need you guys to be my producer. Um, let's see. Video. I wish I could remember the guy's name. 
right winger. Maybe, let's see. Oh, God, just Googling Frederick Douglass's name. Was Frederick Douglass a libertarian from the Cato Institute? Ugh, disgusting. These people are gross. They are, that's because they have no, they have nothing in reality to boast about. So they have to latch on to everything that they actually hate. It's sort of like with Martin Luther King. These are the same people that would that would have him killed. And these are the same people that would be calling him commie and vilifying him in his lifetime. The same ones, like the Ted Cruz's of the world, tweeting out pictures of Martin Luther King on MLK Day or whatever. But they do the same thing with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, every year you see the uh, memes on MLK Day. Martin Luther King was a Republican. He was not. Give me a break. As it, ma- as it Even if he was, which he wasn't, because here's the thing that's so pissed, that pisses me off, and Republicans don't care. They don't, they're just, they're, they're thieves. They, th- they steal everything. Every, they're like termites. In a house. That's why you got to get it. If you buy a house, you got to get an inspector in to see, look at the termites, see if there are ter- something. You can't see them through the naked eye, but there they are. You walk into a house, but you don't realize how much they have e- eaten away at the foundations. That's Republicans. That's what they do. And even their little, the, the, just trying to glom themselves on to MLK when he stands for everything that these freaks that they that they stand against was Frederick Douglass a libertarian oh my god oh look here's i'm a i'm a black dyed in the wool republican wrote frederick douglass oh the republicans are they're they're boasting. Look, see, Frederick Douglass was a Republican a hundred in eight in eighteen sixty-five when it meant something completely different. Oh my god. That's why I say please secede. Come on already. How are we gonna get through this? They can't even grasp reality. They can't they can't look themselves in the mirror. They know how Im- abhorrent they are. You see what I mean? That's why they have to pretend. They have to glom on to Frederick Douglass. They have to pretend they're all about MLK. Oh, look, look, MLK was a Republican. Look, just like me, I'm a Republican. We pay no attention to the fact that uh, we have a filthy orange racist con man who's a uh, who's unabashedly praising Nazis but yeah Frederick Douglass was, was a Republican he's another human shield that's what Republicans do they know how gross they are and they need distractions here somebody uh, put, some, put some Frederick Douglass picture up there or something they hide behind people like they like like Herman Cain. They used him. Human shield. 
Ben Carson. There's your other human shit. All these, oh my God. They're vile. But that's how, another reason why I know we will win. You get it? Because they are disgusting. They know it. Somewhere in their souls, whatever they have left of their souls, they know how vile they are. Because if they weren't, if they weren't vile, they wouldn't need to pretend that they're something they're not. So as they're chewing away at the, at the, the house, at the foundation of American democracy, they're pretending that MLK was a Republican. Look over here. Look over here. Or was um, was uh, uh, Frederick Douglass a libertarian? Like, it, like, really, it would matter? No, he wasn't a libertarian. What is a libertarian? It's, it's bullshit. That's what it is. I'd rather read George R.R. R. Martin because he's more interesting. But... Asking anybody if they're what are or debating a libertarian is really the equivalent of debating George R. R. Martin or someone about whether King Joffrey needs or deserves the Iron Throne. They're both fantastical creations, except George R. R. Martin is not a moron and he's interesting. And libertarians, uh, so-called libertarians and Republicans, are just tedious bores coming up with this infantile construction that they pulled out of their ass that no one, not one day of recorded human history could ever be found in a civilization um, structured as a libertarian civilization. What is that? Oh my god. And and but here we are in this this short blip of time where we're all sharing the same air, sharing the same time and it will disappear like a like like a blink before we know it and we have to waste our time. We have to waste our time pretending that libertarians or republicans and for that matter have a point give me a break we have to waste it's a waste of time it's the same it is the equivalent in some form of of plopping a camera in front of twitler and letting it rip no difference there has not been, uh, what is it, 10,000 years of recorded human history. There has never been a libertarian civilization. L- libertarian is for infants. Well, not infants. It's for, actually, it's for prepubescent adolescent boys. That's what it reminds me of. Usually they grow out of it, though. It's for them, They. it's them trying to f- come up with the... The, well, once again, the search for the superior moral justification for selfishness. Libertarian. What? Uh, oh, yeah. People are people. You see, th- here's the thing. I know that's uh, that sounds so that's so mind blowing. People are people, but <laughs> we don't have to overthink it, right? Exactly. We don't have to overthink it. Human beings are inherently democratic. 
we are inherently fair. We know this. You know right from wrong. Not everybody. Some people are twitler. We have some, uh, you know, sociopaths. They're the aberration. But we, for the most part, human beings are created as interdependent uh, creatures. And they've done studies. We know this in our hearts from when we were a little child, a little baby from before we can really remember, you know, what fairness is, what, and they've done studies on infants where they dole things out in an unfair manner and to gauge the, the infant's reaction. And there for the, for as far as I remember, there was not one infant that was like, Hey, a few, uh, like a twitler. Usually what would happen is the other infants, either they, if something was unfair, they would get upset about it. And then they wanted to, because they, they want to gauge before you have um, even the ability to s vocalize and s to speak, which is the same thing as vocalize, right? Um, it depends. They would, um, you, on the you know they would uh, tell you could tell that they were upset. They would get upset. Also, b infants, babies, not Republicans. They also have done studies where how helpful human beings are. Is this an innate thing, or is it something that is taught? But for the most part, it is innate. Going out of their way to help someone, pick something up for someone who dropped something, or whatever. This is what they would do in these studies of, of infants. And it's interesting to me. Maybe not to you, but it better be. Um, no, it's interesting. Uh, so, But uh, my whole philosophy as far as human humanity is concerned is that we are inter interdependent creatures and we are, you know, not, we're better together. That's why people who, uh, what's the worst torture you could inflict on somebody is putting them in solitary confinement. And if someone gets lost on a desert island, they're not like, yay, finally, they're, I'm home. No, they try to get back to civilization. So I say to these Republicans, these libertarians, get the F out. If you are so put upon by society, then get out. Go to a de desert island. Please, get out. We have a civilization to build. Without you albatrosses around our necks, pulling on us, dragging us backwards, trying to constantly come up with a superior moral justification for being a prick for not giving a shit about anybody but yourself. And that's not patriotism. That's the bottom line. We, whether you like it or not, Republicans, this is a nation of immigrants. You're not, if you're not a Native American, this is a nation of immigrants. You're an immigrant. Someone came here from somewhere else. So, we have a diverse population. I know you don't like that, Republicans, but it's too bad. I know that you're infants, you're babies. So it's you always have a choice. They're always like, oh, I don't, you put a gun to my head. 
uh, you're robbing me, government. No, you could go. Go. Go to Liberland. Go to Somalia. They don't have any government there. You could build your own little compound. Why not? Build a compound. Leave us alone. Right? Otherwise, it's just that what they want is all of the, you know, they want all the benefits of civilization. They want to be able to ride us to the bank. They want to be able to drink their morning coffee without having to dig a well or uh, or worry about getting parasites or they're not making their own roads or whatever it might be, processing their own food or whatever. It's called civilization. We're in this together. But they don't have to if they feel so put upon that they don't like the rules that the majority of people that we get together in our government, ideally, that's how it works. And we say, I'm sorry, you can be rich here. Yes, of course. And we want you to, you got a good idea, like you want to make a bookstore online? Great. But you don't get to be a billionaire. You don't get to be the cancer cell that eats up all the resources and becomes so large that you challenge the government itself. Meaning you challenge us, all of us. Your power is bigger than all of us, and that's not this thing that we're doing. And if that's what you want, there are other places where you could be that. So go. Go to Russia. Really. Go to Saudi Arabia. You could do that there. We don't need you. Oh, job. I'm creating job. Well, how about all of those billions of dollars that, let's say, well, for example, Jeff Bezos made in one day, a couple of Mondays ago, he made a profit of $13 billion, which is abominable, while his workers are what? Barely, barely, they're making minimum wage. And all of that, that could be remedied through progressive taxation. When Jeff Bezos doesn't even pay, uh, uh, when Amazon doesn't pay to ride our public roads, to use our public court system, to use our civilization that we created together, that many Americans and others died to entrust to us. How dare they? And that's what this is about. And Trump and the corporatists and the greedy bastards, they've always been doing it to us, rolling back the Democratic Republic so they can steal. These are the, the original sins of this country are racism and genocide, that's for sure, but it's also greed. So these aren't great ideals. So you can't have a great country that is only focused on greed. Like with the post office, this freaking scumbag Trump, you know he's trying to cheat and he ain't going to go quietly. But they're putting, they he put 
his flunky in charge of the post office to destroy it, like Republicans do. But he's not the first, right? Not about the post office. The Republicans have a long history of putting uh, agent provocateurs in positions of authority inside our government, an anti-environment oil lobbyist at the head of the EPA. Or uh, you could go on, a, a, a labor antagonist, someone who hates unions at the top of the, nas- of the, the uh, labor board. This should be illegal. And now the, Trump, and so this is what makes me insane. It didn't all get sucky just in 2016. This He's only taking it as to the foregone conclusion. Not the foregone. What's the word? He's only taking it to its... To I, I just have... I bought something for my back on this chair. It's bothering me. He's taking it to its extreme. Somebody is sending me a message. What? What is happening? What? People want to know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) That was me. So I just got an email from a friend of mine. And when I used to, I worked at Staten Island Community Television when I was, that was my first job in television. And if you were, um, if you lived on Staten Island in the 90s, there was something called CTVI. So Staten Island Community Television Interactive. And I don't know. Uh. Wait, I have to respond to this. Uh, Remember, I'm on the air. I'm on the air. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) So uh, my friend just posted this, this image. So, all right, there was a thing called CTVI, and it was the first interactive... TV channel on the East Coast. So you would call up, and I created all these these um, cartoons. Well, they were comic books. They were interactive comic books that I illustrated where you would call up and you could take different routes on different journeys or different stories. One was a, One was a haunted house. There were others. One was a mystery. So I wish I had these illustrations and people are actually writing about it on Facebook saying, does anybody remember the name of the TV show that used to play on Staten Island CCTV channel? It was a scary haunted house that you had to use your home phone to call and use the keypad to play the game and try it out. That was me. (laughs) It's funny that people are talking about it. So you make an impression sometimes. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I, I remember one of the, one of the choices was you opened up, uh, you, you opened the door and there was a chopped up and mutilated dead body. 
It was a haunted house after, but it was PG. It said, I know that it doesn't sound very PG, but <laughs> I wish I had some screen grabs. It was fun. And people used to look, you know, kids would call. I've had an interesting, weird, I don't know, life. Is this real life? If anybody knows about CTVI. Oh, my God, Shannon, thank you for your super chat. What's going on? Mark said, I sent a message. I thought she was going to read it. Where? A message where? I didn't get it. Of course I'll read it. You got to send it to me. You sent it where? Sent what? Mar oh, I see. Mark in the chat wants to call in about the protests. Okay. You can. Let's see. Where's the... I did open the phones. I was... Because I had contemplated just taking calls tonight since I, want, I was in need of therapy. Obviously, this is a therapeutic show. So let's... If Mark wants to call in, the phones are open on... Where is the phone number? There you go. It's a phone number up. Mark, if Mark is still around, he can call. And all I got to say is, Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> ah, here we go. Oh, hit the button. Oh, wait. Oh, hello? Sam it. Oh, hello. Oh, okay. There you go. I thought I hung up on you. <laughs> no, no. Sorry about that. Is this Mark? How's it going? Yes, it is. All right. This is Mark, our millennial correspondent. Yes, the millennial correspondent. <laughs> we, we have, here we have post, post boxes, postal boxes being carted away on trucks. Right. Exactly. These bastards. Yeah. Some, I mean, somebody, yeah. so you're seeing them do this. We should do something about this, like get out in the street and stop this. You know what I mean? This. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what to do. My, my ballot from uh, the first ballot I cast got rejected because it was like a minute late. Too. Oh my God. So I've already had a problem with the. Well, I'm still uh, waiting for my mail-in ballot. So I, the first time I voted in the primary this year, uh, I voted um, I, I requested a mail-in ballot and it never arrived. I ended up going yeah. to the polls, but this is one of the things that's been happening that never arrives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so what's going on where we're, you're in Portland, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're on day 79 of protests mm -hmm. and everybody here is still fired up. We still have federal agents. They kind of acted for a while, like they took them out, but they were just working with the police. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. So have you gotten into Real any stupid. trouble or what what's been going on? Not no, not really. One of my friends actually though was walking like a block away from where all the protests usually happen and she a a, a, a Tahoe full of military guys totally unidentified pulled up on them and wow. uh intimidated them for a second and stuff and so they thought they were gonna get all the way. Wow. Well, that was just two of them, and they they oh. almost started running. But I was like, "Don't do that." Right, because that'll give them an excuse, and also looks bad yep. if anybody's videotaping mm -hmm. it, because that's part of the the nonviolent resistance. You, in re regardless of yeah. every fight or flight instinct, you have to not 
not go back at them. You have to remain passive. It's really part of it. It's really attractive. Yeah. You, and if you look at it like that, and re, and that's why training mm-hmm. is so important. To that's what the yeah. the civil rights workers did when they um, when they were uh, infiltrating the lunch counters. They went through training yeah. where people were where you know, it was part of the training, screaming, throwing things at mm-hmm. them. And that's exactly what happened. So when you're prepared mm-hmm. for it, you have to. It, yeah, you can actually respond. Right. And and respond, yeah. non-response is the most powerful response that you can give. It really is. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. that's what I hope is happening. Uh, because there's no way we could yeah. match fire with fire with these people. We have, Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just so so I'm wondering so much about um uh Kamala and mm-hmm. Biden and how that's going to end up looking. I'm just concerned that one of these candidates is going to end up dying or something and then mm. we're going to have uh, a potentially really difficult situation where the tables just, you know, flip oh, or some event happens or something. I I it seems very prime time to mm. pull a trick on the public. Oh, definitely. Well, they're I have no doubt that they will they're already trying to come up with some October surprise. There's no mm-hmm. doubt. Yeah. So we yeah. God knows what it, and there they have no there's no um bounds for them. So it's yeah, the exactly. yeah, the freak flag is out and it's flying and they're not it's and as I was saying in the show earlier how Republicans Mm -hmm. have always been doing this, but now it's just off the charts, like putting people in charge of agencies that are tasked, their primary task is hostile to the agency. I mean, now Mm -hmm. with with the post office, there is, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so incredibly offensive that the, yeah, the, I mean, this yeah. is like the this is like the lowest of the of the things that they've attacked so far. You know, you've got like they've they've clearly taken over the Fed, they've taken over the Electoral College, they've taken over, you know, uh, all of the healthcare yep. system, they've taken over, yep. you know, the vast majority of the economy. Oh now God. we've got the the Postal Service. I know. And the you know right the post office, and this is what they do when it's not broken, mm-hmm. they have to break it. This is what yep, Republicans exactly. do. They've been doing this for years, and then they cry it's broken. So that's yeah. why. I mean, as much as Joe Biden, he is. We have to get these people out of here. They have to be totally. removed. And so yeah, it's ridiculous that all of the people now that are commenting on this and looking at it aren't aware that they've been doing this for like ten years right. and just gutting the postal service and mm-hmm. trashing the uh, the. Um, Mail-in. Oh yeah, uh, right. Integrity. Absolutely. In fact, let me see. What did I just? I had an article because Susan Collins was she. You know, she's one of these very concerned uh, mm-hmm. moderates, right? Oh, she's always so concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but she was the sponsor. Thank you for calling them out. <laughs> right. But Su- <laughs> it was Susan Collins was the sponsor of the Postal Service, the the bill where mm-hmm. they um, that cha- that tasked the post office with funding seventy five years of health benefits in ten mm-hmm. years. This is what has originally sidled the post office with this incredible burden, 
And, well, yeah. I mean, what the Republicans are doing now, uh, that's one of the things that annoys me in general. And this is why I do the show and thank you for supporting the mm -hmm. show, and as, as everybody does. But no, it's what, time for a super chat. Yeah. Oh, please, please. Oh, you, you. So, but, uh, <laughs> but just to not, um, you know, to, to connect the dots. It's not the first time mm -hmm. Republicans have yeah. un deliberately undermined um, uh, something, uh, an agency, an institution. Oh, yeah. So this is what they do. And then anytime, anytime they do, they do something right. People tend to actually give them credit. Oh, and like, for instance, clearly now we're aware in hindsight that something like as as simple as like the. The bailout thing with Kamala and Joe Biden's son, that clearly seems pretty orchestrated now. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's always about the long game and anything they're giving the American people is not just temporary or half-assed. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what else happened? Negative. What happened yeah. in Portland? So what else happened? You were you were you on the out there with the protests? Yeah. Yeah, I went out there. They've had the uh, they've had the wall of moms, and the they had some dads in safety orange, That's but all great. the moms were in yellow. And they had uh, they had that. There was the uh, woman who uh, who was uh, uh, did the nudist um, thing in the oh, street, wow. stopped all those cops. And uh, actually, it's interesting because here uh, our our First Amendment rights protect that, so you can. You can oh. go up to cops and you know do something like public nudity, and they can't arrest you. Oh for wow, it, which cool! Is she, she's getting protected and stuff, but yeah. But um, I, I was thinking, I don't know why we have why we don't have more of them going in and protecting all of the BLM people and wow. the anti-Fed people. There, I, a couple of the times I were there, there were just thousands of people, and they were all in their gas masks and right had their masks on. It's just totally dystopian wow i mean and now for p those who don't know you are how old mark if you don't mind i'm i'm 18 mm. yeah and it's just yeah. so for it's uh for me i feel really i feel really uh, concerned for you and this is the mm. the no, country that you're growing up in yeah. and that that you were born into and this is why I hope yeah. we do what we do. So you, you know, don't have I, to I, live I, I worry in a country a, like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I worry I worry a lot about the quality of people that are coming out of my generation and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I worry about that to an extent, but I know there are, there's a, a good enough amount of people that really want to do the right thing that they could get it done. Right. But the issue is whether or not they start flipping the right switches on us before then, right. then That's they, it. they end up getting smaller and smaller. And yeah, it's just the division. It's getting really sickening. So what, so what do you think? How, when you say that you're, you're talking about your, the people that you hang out with or know of the, your, oh, yeah. what are, are yeah. there, there's a oh, lot of oh, Trump I, supporters or what, what's this? So I, I, this is, this is interesting. I, I live in, um, uh, kind of a right outside of a small suburb of Portland, and um, it, the suburb is called Lake Oswego, and it's like uh, Portland is already the whitest city in the country by far, and then Lake Oswego is like the whitest of the white possible suburbs mm. in in the city, and they're all wealthy, and a lot of them are very hypocritical, but I went to school with a lot of the high schoolers that were coming out of that school system, and 
Um, I, I know a lot of the Portland kids too. And so I've had a big juxtaposition because mm-hmm. I used to live in Southeast Portland and stuff. And um, I, it's, it's a lot of those people, they really find ways to not just buy into that, but like develop their own reasoning for it. And, mm. You know, they get very deep in the red rabbit hole. Ugh. And um, that sucks. Yeah, that that part's the concerning part to me. But beyond that, I really think if if we can get things figured out in the next couple in the next couple of years, and if they get elected and stuff, then we won't have problems. But right. if Trump gets elected again, I'm. I'm certainly going to need to leave the country, but right. just I hear you. you know, all of these, yeah, all of these people are are uh, are, are really going to start going crazy at that point. Right. Where Where do your parents live? You're Are you all together? Um. Yeah. I'm I'm about to move out from mm-hmm. them and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I it's it's been weird because I was finishing up school and everything right as uh, all of the coronavirus stuff hit and then. My whole class, the graduation didn't end up anything like what they wanted. And a lot of the people that I knew were like very, very try hard at school and really put their academics and college applications above Mm. a lot of the rest of the stuff in their life. And then it did, you know, didn't really pan out for them as well. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess it must be overwhelming though for young people. And I see the, the young people. In, well, in Georgia, with the masks, mm-hmm. and I know, oh uh, yeah, I know uh, some young people in Georgia because of Mike Malloy's mm-hmm. daughter Molly is uh, I consider yeah. her a friend, and she's a normal person. Uh, but there, mm-hmm. all this mask, uh, the the um, mm-hmm. kids who aren't wearing masks in school, and mm-hmm. that's all the parents. Well, they though. shouldn't be in school at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank God here they're not they're not totally doing that in force. I know a couple of the colleges that are real close to me are still opening up. Wow. But besides that, they they're doing a decent job at it. And really everywhere just needs to go online. And right. we need to start restructuring the economy the way you were saying so yeah. we can handle it. Absolutely. Until that happens, we're Right. And we have to. That's the thing. When you're so you're the next generation, you're the future. Mm-hmm. It's reclaiming the mantle of patriotism that's all oh, yeah. Re- and unapologetically none of this mm-hmm. you know, don't apologize for being right we need to yeah. uh, reclaim what it means to be an american that we don't leave anybody behind uh, we don't leave them behind yeah. without health care we don't leave them behind in ignorance just like we don't leave them on the battlefield. And that's... And the, the one thing that is ridiculous that I do worry about with my generation is that they don't understand that it, these people, the reason you know we have to reclaim it, and we don't even really have to reclaim it too much because these people are just discarding right. their patriotism left and right. Yes. They, they just need to wake up. Right. That. And they're also confused. They need more people like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and yes, you. And you, Mark. Confused. And definitely you. Yeah, well, tell you. them to come and listen I to the show, to... damn it. So. Yes, I will. And I need to start doing a show of my own. And I'm certainly right. be linking it to you all yeah, the time. Yeah, definitely. And we could do, uh, we could do definitely like a simulcast or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Or we could fight. Yeah, I could take the days off of the week or something. All right. Well, one day at a time. But anyway. definitely do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. You just got to start. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right, Mark. I'll talk to you later. Thank right. you for checking in. Yes, thank you. All right, my friend. Yeah, bye. I'll see you soon. Keep on keeping on. You We're too. All together. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
That was our millennial correspondent, Mark M. So if you guys want to join our Discord page, we are all together on Discord. That's a good way to keep in touch in between shows and get to know everyone in the community. All right, one more thing. What time is it? I got to get unconscious soon. I'm tired. And don't forget, we have a show tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. That's our regularly scheduled um, progressive voices time. So we have, uh, we'll have six, our regularly scheduled 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. On I'm also, here's a, an announcement. This show will also be back on FYI Nation. What? Remember when it used to be on FYI Nation? Well, it's going on again. So we'll take it a day at a time. That's all you can do. Uh, wait a minute. I'm looking for, for some reason, I can't find my, I can't find the goddamn eCam. Oh, here it is. I have so many things open. So we'll be back on. FYI Nation.com. All right. What else? One more thing. Wow, there's so many things. Oh, my God. Well, there we have our show tomorrow. Oh, one more thing. I guess we could do this. God knows what will happen. I was, I was debating, should we do this tonight or tomorrow? I guess tomorrow there'll be, who knows, maybe a giant fireball will hit Earth somewhere at the rate we're going. That'd probably be a relief. All right. You know what annoyed the hell out of me? Probably you too. Uh, the fact that Twitler, Twitler, what a, so, so fragile, so, so delicate, saying that Kamala was so, Kamala Harris was, she's just a nasty, nasty, mean lady. A lot of things happening, and so I was a little surprised that he picked her. I've been watching her for a long time, and I was a little surprised. She was extraordinarily nasty to uh, Kavanaugh, Ju Judge Kavanaugh then, now Justice Kavanaugh. She was Ugh. nasty to a level that was just uh, a horrible thing, the way she was, the way she... So nasty to a horrible level. You know, it's almost like she touched his pussy without his consent. No, but not as quite horrible. Now Justice Kavanaugh, and I won't forget that soon. Oh, so she did very poor, poorly in the... Poor baby. He's so, so, uh, so mean to Justice Kavanaugh. Justice. What justice? My ass. So, uh, well, he, he was that close to fulfilling his constitutional right to a Supreme Court seat. And she came in and questioned. He's so... Wait a minute. Oh. And now she's chosen. Now Justice Kavanaugh. And I won't forget that soon. So she did very poorly in the primaries. And now she... Judge Kavanaugh then. Now Justice Kavanaugh. She was nasty to a level that was just... Uh, a horrible thing, the way she was, the way she treated now Justice Kavanaugh. And I won't forget that soon. So she did very of poorly course, in the primary. Of course, because you're a thin-skinned narcissist with a 
fake university and a vitamin scam. A tax cheating, draft dodging, faking, uh, imposter, so-called president squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. He won't forget it. Of course he won't. Because he's not a normal human being. He's still holding a grudge against uh, somebody with like three Twitter followers who posted a picture of his double chin. He's a real kick down, kiss up, tiny little tyrant. That's a great man. Are you serious? Let's see where um, Kamala Harris... I'm trying to find this thing. Where the heck is it? Dun, dun, dun. Hold on, guys. Talk amongst yourself for a second. Oh, here it is. Aw. Remember that time Kamala Harris was so nasty? Let's see. Here we go. Let's see. Here we go. Let me... Be-ba-ba. All right, I got to move that over here. Move me over there. Can you think of any laws that give government the power to make decisions about uh, the male body? Um, I'm happy to answer a more specific question. Male versus female. So nasty. um, Medical procedures? Okay. That the government that the government has the power to make a decision about a man's oh, body. I thought you were asking about medical procedures no, that are I, unique to I, men. I can I, I'll, I'll I'll repeat the question. Can you think oh, of any laws? I'm typing somebody. The government the power to make decisions about wrong male page. Body. I'm wrong not, page I'm not again. Thinking of any right now, Senator. Son of a bitch. When referring to cases as sub law, you have described them as precedent and quote Where precedent on precedent. Ah, I lost the page. Hold on. That's what happens when I'm doing ten things at once. Wait a minute. Then I was responding. Somebody sent me another text. I was responding to it while listening to Kamala Harris. I'm happy to answer. Medical procedures. Okay. That the government that the government oh, has so the entire, power to make decisions so about a man's oh. body. I thought you were asking about medical procedures no, that are unique to I, men. Like nobody's ever I'll, seen I'll, nasty. I'll repeat the question. Can you think of any laws that give the government the power to make decisions about the male body? I'm not. Oh, I'm I did not it again. Why is this doing right this? Now, it's not supposed to move. When referring to cases as sub law, you have described them as precedent and quote precedent on precedent. You've mentioned that a number of times. Fuck. Sorry, guys. Still, uh, I'm still learning. As a factual matter, can five Supreme Court justices overturn any precedent at any time if a case comes before them on that issue? You start with the system of precedent that's rooted in the Constitution. I know, but just as a factual matter, five justices if in agreement, can overturn any precedent. Wouldn't you agree? Senator, there's a reason why the Supreme Court doesn't do that. But but do you agree that it can do that? Well, oh, my God. Precedent at various times in our history, the most prominent example 
Like no one's ever seen. We both agree the court has done it and can do it. There are times, but there's a series of conditions, important conditions. Unbelievable. That applied make it rare. And the She's asking him questions. He's supposed to be, he was just supposed to be ushered in, my lord. Here's your God-given Supreme Court seat. We're all at your service, my lord. So nasty to ask my lord questions when it is his birthright. You know, she's only a woman. Who is she to ask him? I mean, with squeaky and squishy, drinking beers and pumping weights, <laughs> prowling the local discos and different uh, the parties where... He, uh, yeah, it was just blowing off some, uh, some steam on somebody's blue dress, so to speak. R without their permission. They, who needs permission? This is a white guy. He's a rich white guy with rich, powerful friends. And he uses his power. He's never tried a case in front of a jury. His whole career was making the rich richer. He's on the right side of oligarchy. That's why he's sitting on the Supreme Court. Just like Lewis Powell and all the Republicans, this is what they do. They hate this country. They make the country, uh, you know, oh, I can't even talk. Now I'm going, uh, uh, uh. there, they hate this country. So they must destroy it from within. They're the enemies from within that the founders warned us about. Absolutely. 100%. Here's, uh, you know, Kamala Harris is sitting there calmly asking this white frat boy, this drunken idiot, could you imagine if a woman, if Kamala Harris, let's put it that way, if Kamala Harris sat in front of a, con a congressional hearing saying, I like beer. What do you think would have happened? What would the right-wingers do? I like beer. What are you going to do? I, well, hey, I like lifting weights and drinking beer. What do you... Uh, yes, yeah, Senator, I like beer. But that's your, that's Republicans. It's their world. We just live in it. Here's some highlights. Said to Ashley, we should pray for the woman. The I believed up. he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. I was not at the party described by Dr. Ford. This confirmation process Bullshit. has become a national disgrace. Shut your Since my nomination mouth. in July, Whoa. there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, yeah. anything, yeah. to block my confirmation. It's so out of the ordinary. Are you a gang rapist? It's so out of the ordinary that a rich white frat boy would abuse his privilege and gets handsy and uh, 
drunk and forces or tries to force uh, a woman against her will. It's just so out of the ordinary. You know, here's this bitch, Lindsey Graham. No. This is the most unethical... Oh, my God. ...sham since I've been in politics. And if you really wanted to know the truth, you sure as hell wouldn't have done what you've done to this guy. I am here today oh not because God. I want to be. I am terrified. I am here because I believe it is my civic duty to tell you what happened to me while Brett Kavanaugh and I were in high school. You coming forward, your courage, you are affecting the culture of our country. Shut and your up, brilliance, Booker. shining light under this, speaking your truth is nothing short of heroic. Ugh. This is the Medipac. <laughs> That's Republicans, though. The crisis actors. Are you saying that with all that you remember, you have an impeccable memory? You've been. Whoops. How can you not remember whether or not you had a conversation about Robert Mueller or his investigation with anyone at that law firm? This I don't, investigation has only been going on for so long, sir. So right, I'm not sure I. Do I? I'm just trying to think do I know anyone who works at that firm? I might know. <laughs> Have you had a, that's not my question. My question is, have you had a conversation with anyone at that firm about that investigation? It's a really specific question. I would like to know the person you're thinking of. Oh, my. I think you're thinking of someone you don't want to tell us. Who did you have a conversation with? I, I am. I'm not Mr. Chairman, I, I, I'd like to raise an objection here. Um, this town is full of law firms. First of all, I'd like you to pause the clock. Thank you. The clock is paused. Thank you. Pause the clock. Let me read my objection. Recognize. This town is full of law firms. Law firms are full of people. Law firms have a lot of names. There are a lot of people who work in a lot of law firms. Oh my God. Yeah, he has to jump to the poor white frat boy's defense. Remember all this? So nasty. Well, it'll be fun, honestly. I can't wait. And this is why the Republicans are scrambling. And we can't let them off the hook. They are cheating. It's not... You're not seeing things. They're cheating. Not just cheating. I mean, cheating is par for the course. This is what they do. They are cheaters. But they are now alt just right out tearing down the body politic. They are ripping out, I mean, literally ripping mailboxes out of their foundations and destroying them. And are we now, here we go, are we really going to think or believe that after Trump that we're going to go back to working with these filthy, filthy, disgusting fascists? Oh, let's work across the aisle with these people. This is a party that needs to be destroyed. They are an irredeemable, greed-centered, anti-American, undemocratic death cult. So I'm not about reaching across the aisle or coming to bipartisan. If, in my opinion, everyone, 
This is why we need to grow the show and get this voice and our opinion, the truth, amplified. Because they're, otherwise they're going to, well, well, there, and I mean the corporate lickspittles on both sides of the aisle, they're going to give the Republican Party a pass. They really are. They're going to go walking into the next Congress as if, oh, well, nothing happened. It was just a few bad apples. No, the entire bunch is rotten. And we got to stop them. They need to, the, 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 I can't talk. The Republican Party needs to go the way of the Whigs, all of them. And they are, they need to be dissolved. There should be justice, not forgiveness, not turning a page, not looking forward, not behind. Bullshit. The Republican Party and their DLC Democratic enablers are the problem. Yes. Did that sound I mean did that sound like I was asking a question? No. Uh they are the problem. And they are an irredeemable greed-centered death cult. All right, guys, 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 guys. We're up, we're down, we're all over the town. We got to do something about these effing stupid comment not comments i mean the the thing that is blocking the comments on the chat i don't know why all right we're gonna i need to go unconscious like tomorrow i mean like until tomorrow i can't talk what's wrong with me you know what it is i'm uh i'm traumatized so thank you thank you for being here thank you for letting me share and understanding my humanity. I'm just a human being trying to make it through this life, trying to make a difference. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I was cursed by a gypsy. I have these weird experiences. Things like this happen. It's strange. So bizarre. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the Drew Barrymore show thing again because <laughs> I'm traumatized. Not that, I, and I am relieved though. And as I said, it's not just sour. It's not sour grapes because the show was a nightmare. And we have to do this show. This is more important. I hate to tell you than the Drew Barrymore show. Yes, it is. Because nothing less than the future of the country, maybe? Depends on it. We're not just making joy over here. We're making joy. We're making history. We're uh, uh, pushing this country to actualize the promises in our founding documents. We are advocating and fighting for a more perfect union that works for all. What else is more important? All right. Once again, I want to thank all all the patrons, and especially tonight, Guyan or G U Y A N twenty nine. Thank you for taking that extra step and going to patreon.com slash taradevil and becoming a patron. And then we had Karen, Karen Gould. Thank you for 
becoming a patron. And thank you, Mark, for becoming a patron. And also thank you, John C., for upping your patronage. I know times are tough out there. They're tough in here, too. And they're also tough in here. So I want to thank you all for helping me build this community because I can't do it without you. And, yeah, the goal is, you got to have a goal, right? The goal is to build this community so we can have this show every single day on a set time. And we'll have the Saturday shows will be the specials. How do you think about that? So, thank you, JD, for your super chat. In pounds. I like that. Tell all my friends in England and the UK to listen to Tarabuster. I'm one of you. I wish I could go back to the old country. Thank you, Shannon, for your super chat. Your two super chats. And thank you, Haiku, for your super chat. And for also, you guys are also patrons. You're doing double duty. So that means a lot. I think Mark might have given a super chat on the other feed. And, and anyway, even if you didn't, I want to say thank you. But I think he, I think he said he did. And might have, have we might have two feeds going at the same time because that happens. This is Terror Buster, after all. Maybe one day you'll see S Stephanie Rule up here, and I will be on a giant platform saying, please become a patron. I mean, <laughs> I got that wrong. She will be here saying, please become a patron, and this show will be broadcast into millions of homes. That's how you know this, we're on the right track. All right, guys, let's meet back here tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, right here at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And in the meantime, remember what I say, and this we know it. It's true. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you once again. We stick together. We win. I will see you tomorrow night.